Welcome to Higher Perspective with Pam and Eliza. Welcome, everybody. My name, well, you may know us by now, but my name is Eliza, and joining me here is Pam. And uh, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to kind of own your energy, right? Not have it tainted from anything or anyone. Yeah, I love that. I think, um, well, hi, everybody. Welcome to the third edition of our podcast, third episode. episode (laughs) I guess you could say edition. Yeah, why not? Welcome back. Um, Limited. So I... (laughs) I would love to discuss like energy and, and sort of being a highly sensitive person or empath. I think empath especially is like a buzzword where it's being used more and more. And an empath is really someone who is really acutely sensitive to others' feelings, emotions. And I... I I kind of want to say like the undercurrent, like the energy behind what's being said. But I feel like an empath is someone who is sort of always on and like always attuned. And so I think I want to start with asking like, do you think you're an empath, Eliza? I mean, there's no escaping it. I absolutely am to a fault sometimes but you know very funny and I I hate to keep bringing this up but I (laughs) looked at the pattern today the astrology app and can I just read you like what it says because it actually falls aligned with this I would be so happy so it says your path is supposed to challenge you to experience the most powerful emotions and guide you through the dark night of the soul to eventually mm. find the light. You'll get through these these difficulties with a sense of hitting bottom and surviving. So basically, like, that's just my life. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the intention is to make you develop boundaries and find compassion for yourself. Now, boundaries, you know, was a, was a thing of mine. And compassion is kind of like um, what I'm going through now, just trying to be more compassionate with myself. It says you'll acquire strength from overcoming your fears and not letting yourself be victimized in the process. You're the one that can truly assist others in the most profound and extraordinary ways, and this is a rare gift. But you need to include yourself in the healing. Mm -hmm. You must come from a place of wholeness in order to be of service to others. And I saved that on my phone because so many, pretty much anyone I encounter that, whether I'm close with or not, I am blessed right because i really do enjoy it and having these deep connections with people and i'm a safe place for them and i do love that feeling so i i i do see myself as service to people but you know i totally agree that i have to pay attention and and really take care of myself because i totally understand how other people's energies i can feel them Right. If someone's down and out, 
all of a sudden I'll be down and out and I wouldn't even know why. But it would be that other person's energy affecting mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I love I love all the points that you touched on. And one specifically or especially being boundaries. Yeah. Because that is, I feel like empath and boundaries or lack thereof. <laughs> It's like salt and pepper girl. It's like you are not getting one without the other. And we talk about that all the time because I also think or know, I guess, that I'm an empath and a highly sensitive person. I use them interchangeably. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's also partly why we're such good friends because (laughs) we're very sensitive to one another. Like we can have very real conversations because I do love that we keep each other in check we keep each other honest like you are a hundred percent the person who I'm like okay okay, like this is this is what's happening in my life but like keep me honest (laughs) like where are my blind spots like what am I missing like all of that but you I trust you you know we've been friends for a really long time but you also deliver the message in a very compassionate way so it's honest but I read somewhere or heard um somewhere that honesty without compassion is cruelty Mm -hmm. so you do it in a very compassionate way where I try to listen (laughs) most of the time (laughs) same I I want you to know that too for all the times I haven't listened to you like I tried yeah I don't know But boundaries, it's like, oh, it's really hard. And I have done a lot of self-work recently around around this this issue or this topic of or really the balance of I do care. Like I am someone who I care. I, I don't think that it is true. And I, I say this in my readings too, like giving the advice to someone to like not care I don't know how helpful that is (laughs) especially to an empath because that's like asking you I don't know to not be human to change something that's so core to you and so you and I very recently had conversations about this where I'm like okay new approach it's not about not caring it is simply about caring about myself keeping my energy like sacred keeping my energy mine I think you said that and I and I love that because it also I'm not trying to say that like always keep my energy happy right right. (laughs) like that's not realistic if I'm sad I'm sad but sometimes exactly like you said we kind of have to ask ourselves as empaths oftentimes I feel nervous is it my nervousness or I feel sad or angry like is this me or is this just because I just like walked into this room and it was like real awkward <laughs> and time and so I working on that I recently read a book like the art of not giving enough mm-hmm. so and even though I just said like not caring doesn't really resonate I did like his approach and he's pretty well known I forget his name but he's pretty well known And I liked his approach because he's like, the art of not giving an F does not mean not giving an F. Like kind of what we were just saying, it simply means caring about something more. So that particular thing you don't give enough about. And so it's, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I think he has like a blog and all that stuff too, but I love that. 
And you and I had a conversation before this about, I don't know, I kind of don't like the word protect your energy. And I would love your thoughts because to me, it's like, because I'm automatically saying protection, my mind and energy goes to what I'm trying to protect myself against. And so my energy like dips a little bit and I, and I get into this, I feel it like I get into this fearful space, like in my body. So I I don't really like that. I like a different version. What comes to mind is like uh, your, your energy loses clarity, right? Mm. Just like your mind does. So many things could get mixed in that me in groups it's kind of like I don't know how to be like I just feel this person may be really um extroverted people are I don't know talking all over the place and I mean I'm a little bit shy too but more like I just have to feel out people's energy I mean kind of like to sort my own in you know what I mean? Like, because my energy loses loses its clarity in that moment. But then, like, once I, I don't know, once my energy gets a clear head or, or clear soul, if that makes any sense, like, then I'm, then I'm able to be myself. But in any, like, new situations, yeah, your, your energy is going to be all fucked up. Yeah, that's actually really interesting that you said about, like, sorting, like, Hey, I like that you said your energy loses clarity because that's so true. And I don't think I've ever heard it said that way before, but it makes so much sense when you just said it that way. It is unclear. And it's like, well, then how can you make the best decision for yourself if you're making it from an unclear, confused sort of space and you're not even really aware that you are making it from an unclear space? Right. Yeah. And it's interesting that you said like sort of step one is like figuring out what is your energy versus somebody else or what's you and what's not you because in mediumship, that's like something that's very much prioritized. It's a lifelong journey, but you know, really in in mediumship, what's happening is I'm almost like lending my mind. (laughs) I'm lending my consciousness to those on the other side. So there is this question. And when I say other side, I mean deceased. And so there is this question of like, well, what's me, what's them? Because how they work with mediums, um, the deceased, how the deceased work with mediums is that they, it's almost like picture like a supermarket. Like you're going to go to the grocery store and you're, you're cooking dinner. Well, if you wanted to make like arroz con guandule, okay, but they didn't have (laughs) the rice or the peas, you're not making it that night. Unless right. you go to another supermarket. So so the, the deceased work with mediums like that, like our consciousness, our mind, our being the mediums is akin to the supermarket. And the deceased are just trying to see what's what's in aisle, what's in stock, like what can I use to get the message across? So a lot of times we're like, is this me or is this them? Because they're purposely using our life experience, our emotions, our thoughts, our, all of that are, are the movies that we've seen, things that have stayed with us to get across their unique message and unique pieces of evidence meant for the client. Like, isn't that wild? So it's, it's so interesting that you said that 
because that is something that is very much a huge point of focus for mediums and something that because of that in my own life has really, really helped me (laughs) figure out what is me and what's not me. Well, I don't know if I'm going to make any sense, but I'm just going to like talk it through right now. You said that in mediumship, you're surrendering yourself, your mind and your energy, right? Mm-hmm. <sighs> so outside of mediumship, I mean, this might be a podcast about control. This mm. uh, aside of mediumship, our energy, is it really based on our need as humans for control? Like maybe even in this world, we surrender with our boundaries in place. Does that make any sense? I think so. Because I think like, I know. Okay. No, sorry. Because we can't control what happens around us. We can't control right all the situations that we get placed in. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, at a certain point, we just have to surrender and deal with it. But having our boundaries in place when things get too much for us is highly important. I think control and boundaries and sort of energy all sort of intersect at this point of, you know, what you just said, the world is chaotic. But if you really like (laughs) absorb that to the full gravity and scope of what that really means. And how sort of vulnerable and like fragile we all are. I I think that's almost like so much on the nervous system that like Mm -hmm. we go through life with this false sense of control. And I don't mean that judgmentally, but like, because I think false in the instance is, is probably, even though I just said I don't like to use the word protective, it's protective. It's like protective of our psyche uh, because we are, we are so vulnerable and I think in mediumship, it is a, it is a surrendering of control somewhat, but we are in control in the sense that if I ever wanted to stop the reading, I could, you know, right. like if I ever wanted to, and this is, this is for a whole other podcast, but like, if you ever feel, you know, like there's a spirit in your house or something like that, we are in control and they have to honor our free will. So you, I use prayer, you know, if, if you're not someone who prays and maybe a, a phrasing that you would be comfortable with would be like a declaration or a proclamation. But you say like, if you are not of the highest and best, or if you are not of God, if you're spiritual or religious, like that entity has to depart. We are in in control in that way in mediumship I think a lot of it is really trust (laughs) like when we open up as mediums we have no idea who's gonna come through what's gonna happen what's gonna be said and you're in front of a client (laughs) and so it's like you really have to trust that you're not gonna look like the crazy person that like people you know society probably believes that you are and I do think that that goes hand in hand with control a little bit like you have to surrender some control and then you and you really have to trust and being an empath that's a really comfortable space for me when it comes to mediumship because I'm servicing, like I'm being of service in that moment, because I do want to circle back to something else you said about being of service. 
I think that is another key characteristic for highly sensitive people. We're so attuned. It's almost like we're our titles in life are like the problem solvers for other people, right? But, we need to solve the problem. But I want to pose you a question. Part of the self-work that I've been doing, you know, I read something really profound that always stayed with me where it's like a people pleaser. The reason why, oh no, I didn't read it. It's from David Kessler. I want to give him credit. He's, he's a world-renowned grief expert. He had said once that people pleasing, if, if it was a choice between you sleeping in, for example, because you're so tired and your body needs it, yeah. versus going out and driving your friend to the airport, even though like you just physically, you're, you're at your limit, you are not going to choose sleeping in. You're going to choose taking your friend to the airport because part of your self-worth is tied to outside validation mm. and someone telling you, oh my goodness, thank you so much. Right. So there's this weird people pleasing in being of service, even it's even though it sounds humble from a place of humility, there is this interesting relationship with the ego there. Because some of it is intertwined yeah. with that makes hearing. A lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone say, thank you for sacrificing yourself and your sleep and your health to take me to the airport right versus you telling yourself good job you slept in so I would be so curious about how that sits with you well I don't mind being there for someone like I said it's my passion I enjoy it I enjoy being of service to people and figuring things out and helping them because in a way it really helps me too I reflect and I discover new things about myself but when I'm done with that I'm done. If I'm at someone's house and there's this big moment and I'm of service to them at that time and I go home and they call me, I'm not going to pick up your phone call because I'm drained already. And I know (laughs) that I have to have some time to myself now for my batteries to recharge. So in situations like that, I don't know. Well, I would say that I do think you have a little bit of that. Well, oh, I think she led with that, Pam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. Well, I, I should say that you used to have a lot more. The, I think you have come to a, a great place of self-respect and being consistent about exercising that self-respect. Where I think, and in specific to romantic relationships, really, I think... That's where I learned most of my, all of my lessons. A 100%. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you and I have both come a long way in the people pleasing in, in romantic relationships and, and putting like the romantic partners before ourselves. I think I'm, I mean, this is something I'm still definitely working on just in my own life. With, I think the pandemic has exasperated or brought it to light for me, really, and parenting and working and all of it of like, oh, like I am run down. And there were signs along the way. (laughs) There were huge neon lights flashing saying, you're about to be run down, like stop, rest. And I completely ignored them. And then, you know, your body, when you need rest, your body is gonna pause life for you 
if you don't listen beforehand. And so then my body would be like, eh, okay, you're sick now. Um, so I'm still definitely working on that. I'm, I'm getting better at it, but it is really fascinating that idea of like checking yourself a little bit of, huh, why do you self-sacrifice so much? Like, yes, it, it, it is a natural feeling to want to serve, but you are also human. So where do you fall in this list of, of people that you want to serve? Like, why are you last? Are you on the list at all? I mean, I don't even think I was on the list <laughs> a lot of times. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that correlates to everything that I'm dealing with now. We were kind of talking about in the first episode. What are we talking about? The first episode? <laughs> <laughs> I brought up that like, okay, for me in, in uh, how do I want to put this? In my relationships, I do enjoy taking care, right? I'm a caretaker. What am I? A cancer moon, Pisces mm-hmm. sun, cancer rising. So I enjoy being the caretaker. I, I love it. Like it makes me feel good. So in doing those things, I genuinely enjoy them. But what the pattern was saying was you have to take care of yourself. You can give yourself things. Don't wait for other people to then enjoy those moments like you can enjoy those moments by yourself and you have to learn how to enjoy those moments by yourself in order to truly enjoy them with other people Mm -hmm. i love that i love that for you yeah because that's one area no yeah and that's that's exciting to hear i really love that for you and i think that's probably something that is hard for a lot of people like just sort of being your own best friend (laughs) your own being good company to yourself. I think that is that is challenging for for a lot of people. But isn't it so imagine. tricky though because I I do enjoy being alone, you know? Like I I love alone time. But when it comes to going out and just being adventurous and doing other things, that's when I can't just enjoy myself. So it's like the opposite for me. Like some people hate, like they, they always have to be in a relationship. I can go two years not be in a relationship and be completely fine, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm fine all by myself. But to go out there and like I said, be adventurous, it's just completely different. It's so strange. Yeah. Well, I hear you though, because I what comes to me is sort of like if you're going out and, and you're having an adventure, it's fun to share that with someone. Yeah. You know, so I, I get that. I get that. But I do I do hear you on the balance of like, yeah. alone, like, alone time. But I, I think you've just done so much growth in a in like the past year or two. I mean all of us have been challenged so much yeah, in the past few years. But Yeah, I really feel like you have really leaned into yourself. Anytime I talk to you, I just feel like you have a different sense of calm to you. Can you imagine? (laughs) I know, because you've always been calm. (laughs) You've you've always been very calm. It's funny, because I feel like in our families, like my mom is always like, was like, what did you do? Like you being me, like, (laughs) Pam, what did you do? (laughs) And I feel like your family would be like, what did Pam do? <laughs> no, yeah, they absolutely, uh, absolutely. 
You're always the calm one. Uh, although little do they know. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. no, no <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I, so I've been practicing this visual, like back to sort of sensitive energy or, or being a sensitive person. So I've been practicing this ritual or this visualization lately back to where we started this conversation on being an empath and sort of putting guardrails around your energy because I'm a very visual person. Visualizations are awesome for me. Love them. Obsessed. So this visual is literally like fire coming up from the ground, then covering my body, like the outer part of my body. And it's sort of just, it, it, it serves two purposes. One, obviously a barrier, because like who is going to walk through the fire? <laughs> but also this cleansing, this very powerful cleansing because the fire is burning all the excess <laughs> energy, all the unwanted gunk that's like in my aura or like in my force field. And water is extremely healing for me. My husband makes fun of me all the time because I can take like four showers a day. He's like, honey, why don't you just tell me that you want a break from the kids? <laughs> and I'm like, they're the same thing. But I really <laughs> love... I really love water and showers. It's so cleansing. And I think yeah, a lot I of people probably to cleanse. Yeah. You had a bad day. Like just get in the shower. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that is cleansing, but there's something about the visualization of the fire that like I feel it in my body more than I feel a visualization of like water over me and washing things off. That's the very calming sensation (laughs) the fire burning is very powerful like I just sort of feel it in my solar plexus like in my stomach so I love that are there any and I think it works uh at least for me so I wanted to share that in case it it could work for anybody else but do you have any sort of like tools along the way that you've picked up on to sort of keep your energy yours I I have a ritual every once a year it's on new year's day where i go in the shower and i just i let the water run over my head i close my eyes and i just visualize all the gunk rolling down my body going into the drain and going away so that's my new year's ritual for cleansing on a day-to-day or when you need it when i need it i just uh i go to the gym I go to the gym or walks really help or being around grass and trees, nature, anything like that, like that, that really helps me. I think that's a great point to drive at too, because I have children and like, I'm in North Carolina, like you're Mm -hmm. in New York. We have different demands on us. Yet you and I still what we're getting, what we're realizing is that we still have our own ways of, I guess, like, truly like showering our energy. It's like cleaning, (laughs) cleansing our energy. And so I think that's really beautiful to get across to and to drive home, where you can't like going to the gym accomplishes that, right? It resets you. Yeah. And like, for me, the visualizations work. And it could be day to day, it could be as need. But I think we're seeing that it's really important, even especially for our sensitives, shout out to shout out to the sensitives, 
<laughs> out there. We see you. We hear you. We get it. Come hang out with us. A hundred percent. You are welcome. We are family. Like we totally get it. So especially for the sensitives, like I think this is super important, especially like there are times talking about it with you, you know, sometime, some point recently, like my nervous system is just, it's shot. probably shot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is always in like this, it not, I should, I should say always, but kind of like in a heightened and there's not any discernment really being exercised on an automatic autopilot level. I'm just unconsciously reacting to any stimulus with a heightened response. And being an empath and being a sensitive person is, is such a gift. I mean, you are picking up on extra sensory energies, feelings, emotions, et cetera, in your immediate environment. Like that's such a great, beautiful thing, but it can also just be so overwhelming in your nervous system. So, All right, so question real quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're empaths and super sensitive. But my question to you is, wouldn't you, like, don't you feel yourself about to tip over? Is there, like, a point where you get, where you where you feel yourself saying no? Like, I can't take this anymore. I'm about to fucking explode. Because I felt like that today at work and I had to get up and walk away. Do you ever get to that point? Oh, 100%. So then <laughs> you just let yourself tip over? Yeah, well, a couple of things. So you mo- most of the time, yeah. Here's how, okay. Okay, sorry, because my mind is now like racing because that was such a good question. But so two things that I want to say. The first thing I want to say is, so I did Ayurvedic treatment. Uh, I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when I was 25. Oh gosh, did I just age myself? So seven years ago. But... You, your age was out of there like first episode Kim. <laughs> right, okay. so I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis at, at 25 and rheumatoid arthritis for those who don't know it's an autoimmune and your immune system attacks your joints so it's a degenerative disease so I went to an Ayurvedic practitioner and Ayurveda is like the oldest one of the oldest traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, It's one of the oldest schools of medicine. So she, the practitioner has said something to me about the cleansing of my body that I was going through. And it was like, you're cleaning your body. You're cleaning your body. Just know that like the visual is when you throw dirt on a black wall, you don't really see it. Mm -hmm. But if you throw dirt on a clean wall, it becomes really obvious I think she was trying to say that once I went through this, through this cleanse, through this cleaning, like I'm going to be extra sensitive to the dirt, if you will, like to the inorganic stuff that I was putting into my body. That visual just came to mind when you asked me about like tipping over because until I have really been forced to do the self work of being aware of triggers and then what, how I react to set triggers, it was a whole black wall. Right. I had no idea. So when you say like, do you know that you're your tipping point? I, there was a minute there where all I knew was overwhelm 
but I couldn't really discern that it was overwhelmed because it was very, it was heightened to what my, my everyday state, but like not really. And and then I didn't have the tools. And then I went to therapy and the therapist, and this, this is, I guess, to like frame it, this was at the pan during the pandemic, obviously all of our lives upended, like childcare, like all the different stressors in my particular personal life and all the demands, I just, you had even said that you were concerned about me. My husband said he was concerned about me. Another friend said she was concerned about me. I'm very blessed with having such caring people in my life. And I was just, there was just a time I was going through a lot and I went to therapy and the therapist had basically asked me or said what you had just got across, which is if you wait until the point where you're already stressed, like that's too late. Like it has, it has an effect on your body and your brain where you go into fight or flight mode. And so you need to catch yourself, like you said, so wisely before you get to that point. So you can go take a walk, right. So that you can go walk away from your desk. If, if you're at that point, Right. And I did not have those tools legitimately until a year and a half ago. Once she had told me that the therapist, I was like, wait a minute, that makes so much sense. <laughs> makes so much sense because it's like, it's so far gone. Like once I get to this point where I'm so far gone, I, I didn't know how to get back down from it. And so I started some rituals, of, you know, at that point it was like speaking back to boundaries. Like I just needed boundaries between when we're all sort of talking about that actually now in the pandemic about boundaries when it comes to work, if you're working from home, like it's so easy right. to just keep working. And so she had given me the specific advice of like, okay, whatever that time is five, six o'clock, put your computer, but it is a ritual. Like you go take a shower, you know, you go take that walk, you do whatever it is, but like you, you mark that time at the end of the day as like you time away from everybody doing something that is self-care and so I started to do that. But I think the most powerful and, and influential thing that she said was really that if if you if you wait until it's too late, it's too late. <laughs> it's going to take you so much more time to calm down. So that sounds kind of weird or crazy. But yeah, no, I... No, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I like didn't know. Now I know and I'm a little bit better about it. But it's definitely it's definitely a slow burn of improvement. Because I think, I think we all have, even if you have 10 empaths in a room, each empath might have a challenge that is harder to overcome that's different than the other empaths, right? right? So I think my particular really hard challenge is examining what I do on autopilot mm. and what you said of like, is this me or is this someone else? Asking myself, Am I reacting this way in the moment because this is truly how I feel or because this is how I was programmed to feel? Or another way of saying that is, is this is really how I want to respond to my present or am I responding to my past? And it takes a person really pausing to ask those sorts of questions and then changing behavior or what have you. And because life is just so fast paced, right? For all of us in this modern world, we don't really take out those times to pause like we should. And so 
part of the work is really saying, wait a minute, even though my inclination and instinct is to want to keep going and keep going, pausing will actually be the most powerful thing that I can do in this moment because it will allow me to make the best decision for the next moment based off of an informed, conscious thought process versus me continuing, 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 just being on autopilot. Well, it kind of all goes back to what I read earlier from my Zodiac, and I think that it could apply to you as well, actually, Mm -hmm. which is, again, you'll get through these difficulties with a sense of hitting bottom and surviving. Uh, The intention is to make you develop boundaries and find compassion for yourself which you're in the process of now, right? And you'll acquire strength from overcoming your fears and not letting yourself be victimized in the process. And you must come from a place of wholeness in order to be of service. I love that. I mean, I definitely needed to hear those words. So this is, again, divinely inspired. This is why I love this podcast. (laughs) Well, this has been so much fun I like want to say fun it's been really fun no like I love it I really enjoyed it I I I love projects and I love you and I get to have both so it's fucking awesome it's fucking oh it's awesome but I want to say like wait is there no cursing on here no that's okay you can curse I want to say like (laughs) (laughs) I want to say fun but like what like I wish there was like a word that combined wise and fun like one. Oh no, that's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole other thing. Five. This was this was five. Yeah, I just love you use the word clarity and and getting clarity. And I just think our conversations provide such clarity on things that it's yeah. awesome sometimes. Sometimes I think it's just your energy. Like sometimes it's just me saying things out loud to you Aww. where things click. <laughs> no, honestly, like that's how powerful your energy is. To you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you succeed because really it's like, that's how powerful your energy is. Oh, like you don't even you. have to say something. It's just like, I know I'm talking to you and I'm like channeling you and like, okay, problem solved. Like it's so great. <laughs> Um, but I feel like we could talk about this forever. So I'm sure right. that boundary is an empath. Like, I think this is a really good well, we're, foundation. Yeah, we're setting a boundary now. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about it forever, but we're not going okay, to. Okay, that was so. amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. Okay, girl, let's honor those boundaries because, yeah, we both got to go to bed. Right. So, <laughs> well, everyone, thank you so much for listening if you're still with us um, <laughs> bless you we love you we love you and, uh we leave you with our blessings and and with our love